You're listening to the Lost Chill Podcast with Katie and Kimmy. For years now, I have had the pleasure of listening to the wit, banter, and pure joy from these two, and now I invite you to share in the delight of listening to them discuss the books they're currently reading. Whether you are a fellow dedicated bibliophile or simply wish you had more time to read, you will love hearing the insight and discussions around the stories they dive into. So grab a cup of coffee or pour a glass of wine and let's jump on in. Katie and Kimmy, take it away. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Lost Chill Podcast, where the pronunciations are made up and the stars don't matter. I'm Katie. (laughs) And I'm Kimmy. And we are your spectacular hosts. Welcome to episode 21. We are legal now. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't even planned. That wasn't at all. Oh, man. That was good. Just like this wine. Yeah. So this week... We are discussing Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Booley. However, that's not all we read this week. Katie, what else have you been reading? Well, at your suggestion, I started listening to Clap When We Land. Clap When You Land. Sorry, When when You Land. My bad. Um, About halfway through, and it's fantastic so far. So I'm enjoying it. I'm so excited for you. It's a good one. And then I've read actually a lot since then, uh, since the last episode that we recorded. I read The Hunting Wives and my first Riley Sager book, which I'm now hooked. <laughs> I have like three of his audiobooks waiting in my library queue right now, and they all just came. So, yeah. Do you think we explore a lot audio and real books and yeah. like reading? Do you think something would be more or less scary reading or listening? I think it depends. I don't know because, you know, I am, we're both more uncomfortable listening to someone talk through sex scenes. Yeah. I well, I was also in the middle of a grocery store when that happened. Or hanging but, out with your daughter. Oh, well, that. Yeah. But that was really graphic at that time. <laughs> it was like at the perfect moment. So me, even by myself still, it's a lot more intense I, to hear. I agree. So I'm curious. Maybe I'll have to explore that. Um, this one was lock every door. Lock every door. Lock. Did you door. do it to your ears or your eyes? I did it to my ears. Okay. And lock every door. Um, it was more messed up than scary. If that makes sense. More psychological than spooktacular. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious to see what the, the other books hold though, to see if they're scarier. I did read Pet Cemetery by Stephen King on audiobook and it was narrated by Michael C. Hall. I feel like that was pretty spooky. Another thing that I wanted to suggest to you. Yeah. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but Katie is Miss I Will Never Read the Same Book Twice, no yeah, matter what. Correct. She's also, I wish I could read this book for the first time again and hasn't yet learned, just wait five years and you basically can. (laughs) But I've seen a lot of people explore, um, you know, I read this book, it was a five-star read, and now I'm going to listen to it. So maybe if you ever feel daring enough to actually try a reread of your favorite, be curious like if you loved it on audiobook, if you read it the next time or vice versa. Yeah. Maybe in five years. Maybe. Yeah. Seven. <laughs> What's that book? In five years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Full circle. I listened to that on audiobook, too. Oh, you. 
What have you been reading? The main thing that comes to mind is The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. That's their newest one. It's been making the rounds yeah. on Instagram. It just came out. Yeah. But we actually had an arc of it. We did? Yeah. <laughs> we share our net galley, if you guys didn't know. She really, she, I really, she really controls it. Yeah, I really don't. <laughs> it's hard. Um, but I enjoyed it. It was very, very swoon worthy. Oh, I like swoon. I've, I didn't know I liked swoon until yeah. recently. So I really enjoyed that. It was just your like super wonderful, um, you know, fluffy rom-com. I like it. Swoony. I really enjoyed it. Um, It was like just enough. It was like a Madeline cookie, if you will, Mm -hmm. where it's not too sweet, but it's still a treat. Yep. So I really enjoyed that. The only thing I didn't like that I have a hard time with any rom-com or movie or book is just how rushed those tend to feel of the relationship. Yeah. But I mean, that's... It is what it is. It's It's the grain of salt you must take with it. Absolutely. What was it? I'm actually adding it to... My library queue right now. Oh, the soulmate equation. I'm, I'm going to add it right now. <laughs> so know. I don't forget. I didn't. It's a fun concept. When you read it, we'll have to discuss. Yeah. About uh, whether you can be like genetically compatible with someone and oh. if you want to base a relationship off that or not. Let's see. Place hold. I had about 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Good yep. luck. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk in about three months. <laughs> Cannot wait. <laughs> it's on hold though. Great. So we post all about the books that we talk about on our podcast for each episode for a whole week over on The Lost Chill on Instagram. It's been just bonkers there lately. A little bit. We've had author Zoom parties nonstop. Okay, we've had two. All June. (laughs) But. But there's going to be one more on July 3rd. With Who is it? Angeline Bowie. No way. Yes. Oh, I'm always so surprised when you tell me this every oh, time. Well, like, you know, so excited. do you want to know how you can get to be a part of that? Yes. Slide into the DMs. Slide on in. Of the Lost Chill. Just like, hey. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> I want to be there. You definitely want to be there. I have a lot of questions for her. <laughs> um, oh, I just kind of, never mind. I don't want to give it away. I know. I know. We have so much to talk okay. about. So also on our Instagram, you can find out our most up-to-date listing of what books we're going to be featuring on the podcast. So we hope that you check that out and uh, see what's to come and encourage you to read any books on there that you haven't gotten to yet so you can join the conversation with us. Don't forget, we are more than our podcast. We are two individuals. Yeah, we are. And thus, we have individual Instagrams. So you can get to know and love us as people. Yeah, you can. There, we post all about these in-between books. We post book stacks, book mails, randomness. You can see Katie's very meme-worthy facial expressions. I do have that, they I've are, been told. They are wonderful. And by meme-worthy, she means she makes memes out of me. <laughs> I'm sure she'll post one <laughs> all eventually. The time. I have really good ones. Yeah, she does. Um, I write super long captions, which I know everyone's just a fan of. Who <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be? Uh, so we're highly active over there on the gram. Our favorite thing, though is connecting with you guys. Yeah. So we hope you hang out with both of us there together and separately and give us recommendations, thoughts, all that. But enough of the shameless plugs already. Let's get to the real reason you're all here with us. This week's book, Firekeeper's Daughter. Real quick, before we forget, we do want to mention some trigger warnings of murder, drug use, rape, and kidnapping. And of course, there will be spoilers. But... 
we do still think you should stick around for our poignant insights and witty banter. And one more podcaster's note this time. Just me, Kimmy, wrote this, but I'm, I would guess Katie could agree. Um, it's pretty specific to this episode. So this novel is a work of fiction, but it's based heavily on the author's actual experience growing up in a Native American tribe, and she even had a firekeeper father. And due to this, the whole book is rich with her native language and traditions. Uh, there are many words and names that I worry slash no, I will not be able to pronounce correctly. Um, so I apologize in advance. I don't want to butcher these words. I do not want to stumble over them. So out of respect, I do apologize. I'm not really going to make that attempt. And so I'll refer to them. I don't want to take away from the beauty of this language with my lack of proper dialect. Yeah, I completely wholeheartedly agree with that. I did look up some of the pronunciations of the words in the book. And sometimes she did yes. She did put it in there. I didn't save them all. Yeah. A part of me was worried you would listen to the audiobook and you would just come back fluent and I'd be like <laughs> No, I did not I did not listen to the so, But this is this is one where I did wish that I had. So we apologize yeah. for that, but uh it's out of respect and yeah. we don't want to mess it up. So Yes. So Let's learn a little bit about Angeline Booley before we sit down and talk to her. Okay. But you stole one of my facts and I didn't even realize it. <sighs> Sorry. I gave a spoiler alert. Yeah. Did well, you not listen? I didn't apparently look up and read that you had wrote this before my author note. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm going to share it again anyway. That's fine. That's fine. So Angeline Bully is a Native American author and she wanted to see herself represented in books. She wanted to write this book because she wanted to represent the Native American culture as with a main character to be able to inspire other Native American young adults. Angeline also wanted to tell a modern-day Native American story so that there would be more representation of modern-day Native American people instead of just in historical fiction. I love that. Yeah. Because I never really thought about that before. Right. That it's so true. Like, anything that you read about the Native American culture, fiction-wise, takes place 100 years ago. and That th often does. And yeah. um, hopefully, hopefully there is more out there. I think... Don't quote me. I think Betty might be. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about that book, but I have seen it making its rounds. So, um, But hopefully there's more and hopefully that continues. I, I hope that she continues writing um, books with Native American characters because so it was too. an incredible story. So pretend like you've never heard this before. Okay. But what's really interesting is that her father was an actual firekeeper. What? <sighs> Brand Stole new information. my freaking thunder. <laughs> So sorry. Um, so she is part of the Ojibwe. Ojibwe. I had to look it up to say it. I hope I'm pronouncing that somewhat right. Um, my apologies if I'm not. Um, and is an enrolled member of the Sioux St. Marie tribe. I believe that's how you say it. Sioux, yeah. Sioux, that yeah. was in there. She had it to was. explain it to yes. Jamie. And it's, it's written like salt. And she even comments like, don't That's, say that. Don't say it like the uh, tourists do. <laughs> yeah. So Sioux St. Marie tribe. Um, however, none of the problems that were faced in this book were actually real experiences from her community. She does make that known in the author's note. These were all fiction. Um, however, again, in her author's note, this is not to discount, 
but she listed off some terrifying statistics about the large number of Native American people who are subjected to violent crime. She has that all listed in the author's notes, so check that out if you've read this book and you want to find out a little bit more about that. Um, Firekeeper's Daughter is her first book, and it is a huge success already. It was featured as Reese Witherspoon's Young Adult Book Club pick recently. So this had me dying. And I know it, it did you too, because you read everything in the book. <laughs> so I got this from the back of the book and the author's note. Firekeeper's daughter came to be from an experience of hers in high school when she was told by a friend there was this new guy at school who would be perfect for her to date. <laughs> she never dated him, let alone met him, but she later found out that he was an undercover narcotics officer. <laughs> and so she fantasized about the idea of what if she met him and helped him with whatever case he was working at at the school. And it manifested into this book over 10 years of writing while she was a director <laughs> of the Indian Office of Education at the U.S. Department of Education. So she's pretty successful in the education realm. And now she is a full-time author. So congratulations I love it. I love all of that. I love where the story grew from. I love all she's done. This is I just know. so awesome. I am so stoked for I, I can't show. wait. I can't like, wait. Legit, I will not miss and it. Kimmy actually had plans that night, but she's rearranged her schedule so that she can attend, hopefully. so <laughs> Yeah. So what night am I now free? July 3rd at 6 p.m. Perfect. Eastern time. We're hosting a party with Angeline Booley. We hope that you will join us because it's going to be so fun. This will now be our third Zoom party um, with another author, and it's just so much fun. So come on and hang out with us. Hang out with her. Learn some more. Yep, hit us up on Insta if you need the invite link to join. There you can put questions you want to be sure are asked, get hyped, and get to know other fellow readers who have also loved this book. We are just loving this community, and this is just another great way we've been connecting. So we hope to see you guys join in on this one. It's going to be amazing. On that note, bow, let's bow, bow, bow. dive into episode 21. Bow, 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 bow. There's dance moves. Yeah, there was. I'm so sorry you guys can't see that. All right, so we're going to start out with a huge spoiler right out the gate. Bow, bow, bow. That's my alarm for spoiler alert. Firekeeper's daughter is about a firekeeper's daughter. What? I know. It's wild, right? Her name is Donna's Fontaine, and when we meet her, she's about to start college with her best friend, Lily. There's a new boy in town on her brother's hockey team whose company she enjoys but is definitely off limits. Because for starters, she isn't one of those girls. And also, he has a girlfriend somewhere, and she doesn't want to steal him away. We start to get glimpses into Donna's struggles, some that have recently popped up and others that she's always faced. She has a grandmother who's hospitalized after a stroke. She used to play hockey but can't anymore. She was supposed to go to a major state college but decided to transfer more to the, to the more local one. And little by little, we learn about her lifelong struggles that she gained from her parents. Her parents conceived her out of wedlock and their parents, well, I should say her mom's parents, Yeah disapproved from the get-go because her mom was white and her father was part of the nearby Ojibwe. I'm sorry if I say it wrong. I really am. As if that whole situation isn't messy enough, while Donis's mother is pregnant, her dad goes and gets another woman knocked up. We keep learning about that situation in bits and pieces throughout the book. 
But when we first meet Donis, the main part is that she has a half-brother, and their shared father has passed away. However, they remain, like, super close, Mm -hmm. tied together by their community and their love of hockey. Donis is a unenrolled member of her tribe, meaning that there are many benefits that she doesn't get. I think one quote described it as her face was pressed against the glass as she was a part of it, but still just looking in. She remains very involved in the community and activities. This novel is filled with traditions, folklore, and beliefs of the community where Angeline Bully grew up. In fact, even the location was very real. Uh, I've read a few places mentioned that Bully would always think of Sugar Island as home. You know, it's great that you brought that up, that her face was pressed against the window, because she still participated in all of the traditions and cultures of this tribe. She just, at that point, was not a recognized member. And that affects a lot of things like income. Yeah, they get a per capita income from the casino. The casinos. Mm-hmm. So that affects that and just status. Yeah. And cultural status, status. You know, it's uh, prestigious, I guess, would be the best word to be a part of a tribe and prideful and sucks when they don't recognize you, I guess. So, but we've already gone on for three paragraphs and I even got sidetracked a little bit. And what we've mentioned already could have been enough for a great coming of age novel. However, Spun into what we've already mentioned, multiple members of the community keep dying. From Donis's uncle, who is a local high school teacher, to friends and teammates. Some of these are believed to be accidental and drug-related, whereas others are straight-up murder. It's way too many to be coincidental and unrelated, and Donis starts looking into this to figure out answers, get closure, and prevent this from continuing to happen to her hometown. Now, this seems to be and ahem purple elephant Hmm. lately maybe for me i don't know for you of lots of people trying to solve these big crimes on their own (laughs) maybe i've just been reading lots of mysteries you know finley arsenic and adobo which i know you've read too in most of those ones the protagonist is even bothering to investigate all of this to really clear their own name because they are prime suspect numero uno but here donna's truly has more selfless motives And she just wants to help her community. She wants that closure for sure. But more than anything, she wants to stop this from happening. Eventually, it is learned that she was a bit of a suspect. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But she didn't know that. And that's not why she didn't. She didn't go in to clear her name. Right. You know, at all. And I don't think, I honestly don't think that would have necessarily even changed her passion that much. She would have been pissed about it. But that was not at all where her motives lied. Yeah. She goes in as a CI, which is a confidential informant, and is working with the FBI. Because remember that new boy on the hockey team, Jamie? He's actually an undercover cop. Okay, we have a lot to talk about. But first, oh, Kimmy, how are hockey players paid? With the big pucks? Nope, with a check. Uh, I got more. Don't worry. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Why do people say that carpenters can't play hockey? I don't know. They always get nailed to the boards. What is the reason that the hockey NHL players never sweat during a match? Because they're so cold. Because they have lots of fans. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why was the dog who was playing hockey put in the penalty box? There was a bad wolfery. 
<laughs> he got two minutes for roughing. <laughs> oh man, she just tickled over here. Wow. Oh, I'm going to give you a fun. hat trick with that one. Whoo, what the puck? <laughs> All right. We got to go Zamboni this ice. It's too, it's too much. Oh my God. He killed me on that one. Without a doubt, you are currently enjoying the pure hilarity and delight while listening to the Lost Chill podcast. But I know, in about an hour or so, that old familiar sinking feeling will creep in. What do you even do each week after you finish listening to the latest episode of The Lost Chill? You miss the crazy shenanigans, the silly hootenanny, the general hullabaloo? If only there was another podcast you could listen to that had all those things. Well, have I got some good news for you? There is, and it's called the Death Metal Disco Podcast, hosted by our friend James, who talks about whatever the heck he pleases. We can promise that you will be absolutely tickled as he rambles on about anything and everything. Again, it's the Death Metal Disco Podcast. That's death as in the opposite of life, metal as in a genre of music that Taylor Swift has not gotten into yet, and disco, the place where some have been known to panic at. Be sure to check it out, and be sure to let James know that Katie and Kimmy sent you. Enjoy! Welcome back. Let's just start with some tough shit, shall we? We go from hockey jokes to tough shit. Okay. There was a break. Okay, from Taylor Swift to... (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think this is a record. Hold on. Wow, did we? We are like X amount of minutes in. We're we're past the ad break. I think we're 23 minutes in for the recording. It might have been chopped down a lot. Yeah, but we're past the ad break and Taylor Swift has not come up a singular time. Wow. Wow. It's because you're a grown up now, apparently. No, it's not. 21. So next week when I'm feeling 22. Yeah, there you go. I'll get them all back. Okay. Well. Wow. Angeline Bouli, I think you should take this as a very high compliment that I was just so into thinking about your book that I didn't even make a Taylor Swift reference. Who am I? I don't even know you anymore. (sighs) All right. Tough shit. Anyway. Tough shit. So Donna's experiences a lot, a lot of loss in this book. Sometimes there's actual death, and other times it's more of the end of relationships, both um, in a familial way and and romantic. Um, As far as the deaths, there's her dad that we've mentioned. There's more recently her uncle. And then even more recently that we get to live with her as readers Right in the beginning, Donna's witnesses her best friend Lily get shot and killed by her boyfriend Travis, who then turns the gun on himself. And despite all that, you know, Donna does find herself getting attached to Jamie, even though she knows it will never last with him. I think colored by all this experience that she's had with loss, she's wondered something that we've wondered many a times. And that's what's better, knowing when the last time is with someone you love? Or being completely blindsided by it and not getting to prepare and say your goodbyes and 
there's a quote where she's asking herself, if you knew it was the last time you were going to see someone, would you say something profound? Would you share how much they meant to you? Would you ask any burning questions? Would you ask for forgiveness? Would you thank them? Oh man, like we have been there. Yeah. Relatable. We get it. But later, later, in all her infinite wisdom, she gives us the answer. She does. She tells us that knowing doesn't lessen the pain. It just gives us a head start. I knew you were going to bring this up. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I think that's spot on because I don't, I like we talked in the Thursday Murder Club, that's when this whole conversation started. Yes. So way back to like episode eight or something like that. I don't even know. I believe my answer was I would not want to know. Yeah, I think we both said that. Yeah. And I still stay strong with that because I don't want to waste my time dwelling on the end, which she kept doing with Jamie. Yeah, it makes it so hard. It really does. I think it does prolong the pain. Yes. Gives it a head start is a good way to put it. That was a fantastic way to describe that situation. That's what I love it. That's That was one of my favorite parts of the book, actually, because I, maybe it was a little purple elephant, but it was also just a very profound way to say it, that knowing just gives you a head start. And I was it's like, It's so simple, Damn. but like... So spot on and captures everything about it. I was like, yes, yes, that is true. And I don't want to feel it for longer. So I want to enjoy the time I have. Completely. I think the prolonged pain, if you feel that in advance, I think that that is heavier and takes away than the possible regret of, oh, I didn't tell them how much they meant to me. I didn't, I'd rather live with that than not get to enjoy it. But then would you only be telling them how much they meant to you because you knew it was the end instead of just telling them to tell them? I don't you know. know I, I mean? tell my husband a lot. He gets sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> I I get it. <laughs> I get it. I love you. I get it. Okay. I texted my husband today out of the blue and I was like, I love you so much. And like with no context, nothing, just I love you so much. And he goes, what did you you do? No, he goes, what did you do? Uh Because that's usually followed by something. I was like, nothing. I just love you. I was just thinking about you. And then the next text, I called him an asshole because he took my thunder away. And I think think the only time that this wouldn't ring true is I'm talking about the regret of not saying that like – if we're just hanging out here and something happens and I'm so morbid all the time and I didn't tell you how much you mean to me and something happens, that would be a regret on its own, but a livable one. If we like had a really big fight and a huge blowout and then something happened, that makes it worse. So it's also a good reminder to actually enjoy that time. Mm-hmm. Don't prolong the pain. Don't amplify the pain by being a selfish arse yeah you know yep don't end on bad notes oh that stresses me out yeah don't go to bed angry no (sighs) yeah don't you just love when i start with the heavy stuff all right now that that's out of the way (laughs) this book talked a lot about the tribe's traditions from powwows and not only what they wore 
but the meanings behind the outfits as well, to which herbal remedies were used and when, and to the seven grandfathers, to the days of grief, plus folklore that was passed down. Even the kids shared the stories they all knew when they were just hanging out around the bonfire. What was your favorite tradition to learn about? And is there any wisdom that you will borrow and apply to your life? Oh, man, so much. I love it. I, oh, gosh, I highlighted all of it, <laughs> to be honest. I was just like, ooh, that's cool that they do that. And, like, that's what this meaning is. I just loved it. There was so much um, information in this book. I think one of my favorite ones was the the four days of grief or, like, the passing to the other side. That would be your favorite. Just all the grief. Stop it. All the feelings. <laughs> Uh, just I mean, it's just so fascinating to have such specific spots to go to, and I just really enjoyed learning about it. But I think a lot of the wisdom that I would borrow would definitely come from from Auntie. Oh yeah, she oh, wisdomous AF. She was so great, and she's been through so much. Did she remind you of Rose? Yes. Yeah, I oh, was thinking man. about that when I was reading it. Yeah, I was like, oh, Kimmy probably thinks. This is the new rose. <laughs> Probably. The part that really got me, though, was was when she was realizing she was getting some wisdom of her own. Danis was realizing that. And she goes, my whole life I've wanted to be like my aunt, the way a person dreams about being a ballerina, but you don't think about the broken toes and years of practice. You know, I wanted to be strong and wise, never considering how that abundance of sight would be earned. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, that got me. They There were some good ones in here. So with the four days of grief, mm-hmm. since that was one of your favorite traditions that you learned about, the fact that Lily, her four days of grief, were simultaneous with Travis's, her murderer's, four days of grief. How did that make you feel? Like, were you conflicted? Or did you still think that it was... Um, a great tradition or, or what were your thoughts? Because these two people, one who was killed and the other one who was a killer got the same respect. No, because um, I mean, on our side they did, but I appreciated that it was known that it was only symbolic on this side mm. of life. And that it said it specifically mentioned when talking about Travis, like, it's not a day like we think of a day. His day could be years or however long Eternity. until it takes him to yeah. deal with all of it and go through it all. So that would be, that wouldn't be logical mm-hmm. for them to do on this side and to pass judgment in that way. They're just I get that holding up the tradition. And, and I also, I think the more important part there for the actual grieving, like, I feel like the four days of grieving was very ceremonious. Mm-hmm. And so I respected that. What kind of meant even more was that whole year long things that Donna's abstained from. Yeah. Like she didn't dance at the powwows or do that kind of thing because it was her time of grieving. Or collect herbs, yes. make medicine mm-hmm. because her bad vibes i guess is the best way to put it for lack of better knowledge um would carry over into the herbs and go into the the medicines and remedies that she was making which i thought was 
in, extremely interesting. Like yeah. the, that just your, your aura, your, your sense of feeling goes into those things and it makes sense. Like from everything about their culture. Um, my favorite part that I will definitely take from this book and just from the native American culture. And granted, this is just one tribe. There's, I think she says 547 recognized tribes in the United States. So this is just one tribe's cultures and traditions. This is not speaking for all of the other tribes. When Donis is presented with the opportunity to enroll, initially she's like, no, I'm good. Like, thanks. I thought I needed this, but I really don't. But then either her auntie or grandma June says something along the lines of think about your kids and their kids. Their oh. children. Seven Ooh. generations ahead. Yes, I love Think that. Seven generations ahead. And I was like, holy crap. No one does that. No. People are like, I don't think people think past even their grandkids. I don't think they think deeply of their grandkids aside from wanting them. Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't think that they ever think to what I'm doing now is going to affect my grandchild. Yeah. Or their children or their children or their children but seven generations ahead and i was just like i love that that hit me in my feels and i was like all right challenge accepted like decisions that i make now seven generations from now and i love that one thing that i enjoy when i read books like this because i'm lacking it is just that whole connection between generations I definitely don't have that at all. I maybe know some names, but I really appreciate in books like this where, you know, you consider that it's more than names. It's stories like you realize that your whole family and lineage is actual people and you really feel the weight of your own actions. Like this isn't just about you. And I appreciate that. And I love the way they honor Mm -hmm. each other past and present. Because that's something that I don't have. Yeah. And to just see it like that, like I would, that's something I would love to do and create. And so hopefully in seven generations, they can be like, yeah. Hey, maybe we'll be Grandma alive. Grandma Kimmy posted, posted a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they'll know these That'd stories. Cool. Like, man, who knows what we could be doing now? And like, we don't yeah. think about that, but we definitely should be I'm thinking about that. definitely going to because that was the most profound thing I've read in a very long time or heard of or come across in an extremely long time. You know, we both read a lot, obviously. That's why we're here. Um, our movie podcast? Yes, our movie podcast, our movie and TV show podcast. Um, but we both read a lot of books and because of that, a lot of stories, unfortunately, blur by sometimes not all of them yes i just stuttered get over it (laughs) sometimes they just blur by and that's just an unfortunate part of reading so much but that's why i think it's even better when something like this sticks with you when you're like oh yeah i remember that book firekeeper's daughter 10 years from now be like i don't really remember what it was about probably But I think seven generations ahead because of that book. Oh, 
That is And I love amazing. when that stuff happens. Yeah. Well, you know what? I challenge you in 10 years to listen to the audiobook. <laughs> okay. And it'll be like the first time all over again. Deal. <laughs> Don't right, hold I'm gonna me to hold, that. I Don't am. Hold it's, no. it's on a recorded line. <sighs> Can't you just edit it out? Nope. Dang it. So, another tradition. Yeah. I'm going to keep rolling on forward. Apparently, we get you, you bring it up, and I'm like, nope, bring it back down. Let's talk about blanket oh, parties. Gracious. I know. I'm sorry. I'm such a Debbie Downer. Yeah, you are. So the first time we hear about blanket parties, we learn what they are, which is basically a group of vigilante women who, upon learning that a man has sexually assaulted a woman, they go and serve their own brand of justice. It sounds like they basically just like kidnap him, take him, in the, take him into the woods and kick his ass. Yeah. Basically. That's what I got from it. So, uh, Donis is at her her aunt's house one night when her aunt gets called out to go attend one of these parties, and she is like super irked that her aunt won't let her go. Much, much later in the book, she finally goes, and we learn why she couldn't before. To be a woman who attends blanket parties, you have to have experienced the crime that you are punishing a man for. Basically, an eye for an eye essentially kind of i mean it's not the same man no but like you can't serve justice for a pain that you don't truly know i guess Mm -hmm. i don't know but how did that make you feel with knowing that that's what it took when donna's being on the inside now well and also at the end of the book we come to learn too that there's also these jurisdictional issues when it comes to the federal government getting involved with tribal police and actually pressing charges. And in Donis's case, the federal government, because it happened with a non-tribal member and it happened on tribal property, the federal government would have to press charges on her behalf. And they were not. And I was so pissed. I was so pissed. Like, Especially once you finish the book and then you read the author's note from Angeline Bully, and you realize that this, while this book was fiction, this happens in real life. I, mean, I don't know if the blanket parties are, are real. I think she did say in the author's are note. Are they? She was just like listing things and that was in the list. Oh yeah, you're right. That was in the list. So... The, the fact that those kinds of things are even needed because there's such a there's such a disconnect between the federal government and the local tribal government is ridiculous. And I don't know enough to sit here and say, well, if only they did this, if only, you know, they worked this out, you know, and I don't I don't know enough about it to even have an opinion on why that's an issue. But the fact that it is an issue is alarming concerning and just really sad and i felt terrible for donis in this book because not only was she a rape victim but she was also a rape victim who would never see justice to her attacker and he was basically free to do it to whoever he wanted to on tribal property do you not think he got blanket partied i hope to god he did auntie better have gotten him It's really aggravating. Yeah. All of it makes me so sick. Yeah. So sick around 
around all sexual assault, of course, but just Donna's story. Right. That was a lot. Especially like, oh God, I just hated that guy. He was such a sleazebag. Oh my God. And like telling his kid, his kid was obviously a huge sleazebag too. His kid was just like him. Yeah, he was. But and like, the fact ugh. that he knew that his dad had sex with her, but he thought it was consensual. The kid right. did. But then his kid's like trying to prove he can get the same girls as his dad. Yeah. And... Which is gross. But, and you know, this kind of just goes back to, though, to your choices affecting your family for yeah. generations. Like, that will continue in their family until one of them basically swims upstream, fights the hardest battle ever to be like, this shit ends with me. Yeah. And that's how it is with things like that that are passed down from generations. Yeah. And obviously this is learned behavior. Um, So who knows what his home life was that doesn't excuse it. No. But um, it's learned behavior. Obviously, Mike, his son, was learning the behavior as well. And they were all in cahoots together. And it was just messed up to say the very least so i i personally appreciated blanket parties i did too one thing i really did appreciate is that they didn't let it just become a full-on men bashing and it wasn't like passed on it wasn't something else generational like that like all men are bad and you gotta do this and it was a very heavy weight to bear it was, you don't get to be a part of this unless you are a part of it. And sadly, you don't get to make that choice. It is made for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes the bond stronger. But I appreciate that it's not not just an anger you know nothing about. Yeah. Well, and, it, you know, I didn't really realize it at the time, at the beginning of the book, that it was foreshadowing of when her aunt was going to the blanket party and she explains all of this and whatnot. And I didn't realize it at the time that, Hey, this, she's going to be able to be a part of that. Unfortunately down the road. Um, something that I don't know why this popped into my mind while we're having this terribly serious conversation, but I wanted to bring the mood back up. Oh, okay. Uh, being that you're a smidge younger than me, but, I was in high school in the setting of this book to early 2000s. The way that she talks about phones and text messages being charged for and the clothes that people were wearing. Did you get a little nostalgic? Or did you even really notice it? I didn't notice that. No? No, because it's set in 2004. Okay. I didn't notice that at all. They talked about Razor flip phones. (laughs) They talked about. Oh, I about, did remember that. Yeah, they talked, which I had. Oh, a pink because one. he was helping her set up his Blackberry. Blackberry. Her brother was like, "Why didn't you get a razor? Those things are right. sick, man." Yeah, because they were. I also had a Blackberry too, though. Oh, I never had a Blackberry. Um, you old fart. Yeah. Um, I'm just kidding. But I was very nostalgic. I liked that she chose the 2000s for this story. I thought it was good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that. She had a. She said that Lily didn't text her very much because she had to pay for it. Oh, pay per, per, yeah. She paid per text message, and I was like, "Preach, girl! I remember those days." Oh man. Yeah, 
I was very nostalgic about that. That's so funny. Yeah, and like the platform uh, flip-flops. So that's all. You're cute. Yeah. All right, so moving on. Uh, When Donis is told that she's going to enroll in the tribe and her entire community stood behind her and supported her. Correction, her entire community did not. That is fair. It was not the entire community, but all of her elders but that she... When she was there and when she was told... Yes. All of her... Her her people. Her people, yeah. Yes. Um, they all supported her in order to do this. What were you feeling? Did you, uh, did I you cry? Elated. Did you cry when the 26 elders yes. gave her their affidavits? That was so I sweet. I did too, actually. I just really love how close-knit this whole community yes. was. I'm Even pretty jealous. It but it was... I'm all about community. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I so appreciate that they all knew her. I loved, loved Donna's for like so many reasons. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorites was that she always made time and made a huge priority to go have, you know, lunch with her grandma. Yes. Go visit. Go make time for all these and people. And Lily's grandma too. And it wasn't Even like after she died. reluctant. Her mom no. didn't tell her to or nag her it's about it. It's just what she did. And she, she knew she had to. She would go get her grandma lunch first and wouldn't even like do doubles at the same time. She's like, your elders go first and I go when they're done. The lines died down. Yeah. Like it was amazing that she did this without, without even like twinge of rebellion of like, yeah. why do I have to do this? For? And like, I and respected was, that so much. It was refreshing to see that in a teenage character. Granted, she was 18, but in a teenage character, it was refreshing to see that she had so much respect for her elders in her community. Yeah. I really liked that. And her traditions. I loved yeah. how she was, you know, praying before her runs and kept everything that she needed in her car, in the cup holder. She is a good kid that I would love my kids to hang out with. Like that, she's just one of those wholesome girls that is just a good influence and just a good person to be around that I would not have bat an eye if my kid wanted to be friends with her. Oh, I loved her so much. Yeah. She was a good one. So she, we touched on this earlier in the synopsis. Uh, Donna's had a bit of a strange familial situation where she was only a couple months apart from her brother, who had a different mother. Her brother from another mother, if you will. Mm-hmm. When we find out that her brother is involved in the drug ring, Donna doesn't really go into all the feelings she felt when she found this information out, being that they were close and she had trust issues. Like, did you think she'll ever be able to heal from that? Like, what were you thinking? How did you feel? And... How do you like? Oh, tell me. I was I was so pissed that it was her brother. Oh my god! Because they 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 had such a close bond, and I was you so, know you know what pissed me off? It was not that it was her brother. Whatever. It's one thing if he wants to go make his bad decisions. Sure. The fact that he set things up to pin on her. Yeah. Should they go south? Yeah. That is not okay. That is a line that you do not cross. Yeah. Like. Oh, if you're going to make bad decisions, keep it to yourself. Don't pull down your wonderful sister. Well, and he was so protective of her in every other way until. Oh, yeah. Just send all these funds out to Panama under her name on our joint account. Right. Let's just plant this shit in her room. Yep. Oh, that made me like, ooh, she she alluded to kind of being a little bit torn. I'm not that nice. 
dead to me. Yeah, I mean, she was she was torn. Like, I I'm an only child. I don't know how I would deal with that. Like, I yeah, she had entered conflict over that. She but did. like that, and you know, it's a big selfish thing of me. It's one thing if he was doing that, but to try to get me in trouble completely innocently. Yeah, not cool. And like his only thing was like, oh, I tried to ask if you wanted to go on a business deal. It's no, not a business you deal. Are set, you are framing me yeah. in case you get caught. Like right. that's not okay. I would he, know. He was, he was a POS and I was really sad for her. I truly, truly hope that she was able to get over all of her trust issues because she had been hosed, you know, by her parents lie pregnancy and then him going and knocking up another woman and then with uh lily and then you know everything was just compounding and then you have the cherry on top of your brother seriously tries to basically plant evidence in case he goes down and make you take the fall for it no i hope she got past it i hope she did i like to imagine she did because she she grew a ton and she has auntie's wisdom. Yeah. So I think... I think she'll get through it. Yeah. I do too. I really do. I think she needs to open up a little bit more. She needs to take the time to heal. Yes. 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 It's, she's been through a lot. Ugh. Okay. So speaking of going through a lot, we haven't really talked a lot about this relationship, <sighs> which is weird because... It was such a key part. It was like the whole thing. It was. It was. It was. So, do you think that Jamie and Donis ended up together? No, because she broke up with him. Just because she broke up with him. Even after that. But he sent her postcards. He said, you go anywhere in the world and we'll start over. And I'll introduce you and we'll start from scratch, basically. So they had, and then she's dreaming about their son that they have together. You don't think they ended up together? No, I don't know. She was too much of a gem. I don't know. She was waiting for him to find out who he was and heal enough from his I wounds. I hope that he healed and found uh, who he was. Okay, it, I would love them too. I loved them. They were together. so perfect for each other. I would love if they were, but uh, I don't know. I need I need another book. Yes. Oh. I need another, maybe another mystery, like 10 years later where they're both adults and we can find out what happened to them. Oh, I <sighs> I need more. I don't know. I don't think I don't think they did. I think no. they would have both loved to. I think they could easily both think of each other as the one who got away, but I don't know. I don't think too many people find their way back like that. I did. <laughs> Okay, so I think I see this differently is because they were like were full on together. Okay, I see. And then they had to be like, you know, we could continue this right now, but you need to go fix your own things. And so I think that's a lot of growth. Donis was wise beyond her years. She because she had the auntie. was a strong, independent woman who wasn't just going to be with a guy just because he was there. But were you also upset? That you never found out Jamie's real name? No. Oh, I need to know what it is. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute. I'm going to ask if she can share what his real name is. Because Do you think I really she knows ask. if they ended up I together? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm also going to ask if there's going to be more books because I need more books. I need a, at I least another book. I also need to book. not wait 10 years. 
Yeah. But she's a full-time author now, so. So hopefully she has the time. Yeah, hopefully she does. But I need no, I need no more. That's fair. It didn't bother me that much. I'm okay with it. I could even see, like, his real name being Jamie. That's lame. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you make them think it's a fake name, and the whole time it's their real name. Dun, dun, it's dun. Like, it's like double speak. <laughs> Oh my god. The truth is a lie, the lie is the truth. Sorry. Quit I... <laughs> bringing that book up. <laughs> never. Let it die. What is dead may never die. Oh my god. Sorry, now we're in Game of Thrones, your <laughs> other favorite. Moving on. Ask me questions. So normally, you're not a fan of young adult, which this book says it is. I am curious what your final thoughts on this book were and if you would recommend it. This book did not feel like young adult in the least. Um, I actually suggested to my daughter that she read this book before I read it because it was young adult so that maybe I could get her opinions and things. I didn't because she wanted a mystery. I said, this is a mystery, but I didn't know that this was not really young adult. In my opinion, you have a young adult main character but that's about it. Maybe you think of young adult as like middle grade typically. Maybe. I don't know. Because I think young adult is often like these coming of age stories. Which this sure. is, but with a lot more. Like I've read like the... I just read Nearly Gone. That was young adult. It was not like this at all. <laughs> well, I would hope not all books are the same. They can be the same genre. And but I mean, like. this this just didn't even feel like... Like the target audience was young adult, I should say. It felt like the target audience. Do you still want your daughter to read it? No. Okay. No. Right. I will. No. Nope. Nope. Her nope. daughter is going into her freshman year of high school. Yep. Not mature enough yet. I thought you guys talked about everything. We do. What happened today when you're getting vaccinated with her? When she was when you're taking her to get vaccinated? I hit her. Why? Because she laughed and pointed at the extra large condoms. <laughs> <laughs> I hit her right where she got her shot. I didn't mean to. It was just knee-jerk reaction, but... All right, so would you recommend this book to anyone who is not your daughter? Yes. <laughs> not my son either, but not... Okay, that's fair. None of my children, but okay. anybody else can read it. Why would you recommend it to your children? Like, maybe not now. Not now. No, 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 okay. no. no. Down the road, sure. Okay. Although I don't think my boy would really. You don't know what he's into yet, really. I don't. I don't. You're right. So you enjoy young adult books, though. You have no problem reading them. Nope. So I'm curious what your final thoughts are and if you would recommend this book as well. I loved this book so, so much. It is absolutely a contender for my favorite book of the year. Me too. Probably my top three books that I can think of so far from this year out of like 56. Probably two of those three are young adult though, because the other is clap when you land probably. That's young adult? Yes. Look at you loving all these young adult books. I am blowing her mind once again. Huh. See? How about that? This is why you don't say no to a whole genre forever. I have opened my horizons over Look the past year. 
Which apparently I, is the point of this podcast. Apparently, this movie podcast is to read all the books. Yeah. All the different kinds of books, except 1984. Um, so. <laughs> okay, so would you pick 1984, Nick, or The Queen's Gambit? As my least favorite book of the year? Yeah. Queen's Gambit. Okay. You? I don't know. Nick and Queen's Gambit are like on equal playing field. They got to me. Not in a good way. Queen's Gambit only wins that category because... Because of the first chapter? Yep. Thank you for most of your thoughts <laughs> on Handbook, Katie. <sighs> I love it. This I loved this book so much. I will never forget it. I will constantly recommend it. I will definitely be recommending it to a lot of people. Definitely one of my all-time favorites. So Yeah. Thanks so much for discussing it with me and giving me all your thoughts and input, Katie. A big thanks to our listeners for tuning in another week. Yup. To find out more about us and the show, along with blog posts, you can go to thelostchill.com. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You don't want to have to worry about missing an episode. New episodes come out every Tuesday morning, just in time to have with whatever beverage you choose. We are not going to put you in any sort of lane. You drink whatever you want to drink with us. Be sure to check out our Instagram and Facebook to know all the upcoming books for July and way past July. And hopefully more announcements for Zoom parties with other authors. We're going to try. We're going to keep trying to bring you some authors to chat with. So if you're enjoying The Lost Chill, please leave us a review wherever you listen to us. We would be so grateful if you did. And we can't wait to hear your thoughts about this book. We are so thankful for everyone who has tuned into our show and keeps coming back to you. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> you Aww. didn't. Oh, there you go. Oh, fuck. Did you right. just stop? It'll be okay. special. Okay.